It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad. <laughs> Edmonton's home for breaking news on your favorite teams. This is Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on the voice of your Edmonton Oilers and Eskimos. 6.30 Chad. We had Eskimos general manager Brock Sunderland on the show. He said he is uh, hopeful that the Eskimos will be getting uh, some uh, big names off the injury list for Monday in Calgary. We'll see how that goes. The Eskimos will be back on the practice field on Thursday. The game at the Stampeders, 11.30 for the countdown to kickoff, and it'll kick off at 1 o'clock. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports on 6.30. Ched, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. We're uh, we're talking about rivalries here uh, on the show with uh, the uh, Edmonton-Calgary game coming up. And I asked people, you ever been part of a rivalry, a high school rivalry? Uh, what's going on? I, I like this one. Uh, this texture says, Pigeon Lake and Balf High School in 1A and 2A volleyball. The Balf team always won zones, and everyone on the team seemed to be related to each other. Well, that happens in small towns. A lot of cousins. Cousins. Nothing else. No Lannister action going on. See, there's my Game of Thrones reference. I started watching the show. That makes one of us read. I, I have never watched Game of Thrones. I started watching Game of Thrones. Uh, I got the old HBO on demand early August. I'm uh, six seasons into uh, a season. Th- uh, sorry, six episodes into season three. So I've watched uh, 26 episodes out of 70. I think the season seven just ended on the weekend. So I'm trying to avoid all these spoilers on Twitter and blogs. And all the crazy stuff that's going on. I sh- I, I'm optimistic by the end of the calendar year because I'll have less time to watch once uh, the Oilers start. But I think by the end of the calendar year, I'll be caught up. Yeah, I think you would be. I'm a good guy to hang out with then because I have no idea what's going on, so I can't spoil it for you. It's perfect. That other voice is uh, Evan Dom from the Canada West Conference. He's the Director of Marketing and Communications. He uh, joins us usually a couple times a, a year to talk about uh, university stuff and uh, weigh in on some other things as well. So you don't watch uh, Game of Thrones. You're, you're probably, like, I watch, I, I, you know, I watch The Walking Dead. But, you know, I don't miss an episode. I'm not one of those guys who will casually go in and out of a show. I either, I either watch it all or, or, or don't watch it at all. So I sometimes, you know, it's good because if I'm really into something, I can discuss it with people. But then there's a lot of pop culture stuff that, that people will, you know, drop into conversation or I'll hear people joking. And then I'm just a little left out Wilkie. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm the same same way sometimes, Reed. If I'm watching a show, I'll get really into it and I'll watch it. Uh, binge watch is certainly, I think, a term that would would apply, but for the most part, I'm not, you know, super into the more pop culture, trendy stuff. I'm not a Big Brother 19 or 30. All those shows 50, are terrible. Whatever, Let's I've be seen. honest; those shows are terrible. They are terrible, and if anybody watches those shows and is listening to this program, then. We don't want you. But I think even people who watch those shows admit they're yes. terrible. That's the yeah, interesting it's a thing pleasure. about those shows. Like, no one would watch seven seasons of Game of Thrones and then be like, ah, it's a terrible show. 
<laughs> no, I don't think <laughs> like so. Like you have to kind of too much of a commitment. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know if you knew this. Uh, Game of Thrones has dragons. Oh, yeah, that's that's. And big. where I'm at, they're starting to get bigger and meaner. Yeah, I think I think they're going to be a key I factor. I feel like the dragons aren't the main draw though for Game of Thrones. Uh, you know, there components. are other things. There's other, <laughs> there are other things that are sometimes appealing to look at. We'll just leave it at that. <laughs> uh, you can text uh, six thirty six thirty. Corey the butcher uh, from the uh, wonderful uh, uh, Acme uh, Meat Market in the Ritchie neighborhood. Hey, Reed, we went to, uh, he says, I went to high school at McNally, graduated in 94. Our biggest rivals in both football and rugby, Harry Ainley. Super fun games to play in. It always felt that much more important to win those ones. Uh, Evan, besides uh, our golf rivalry, which really isn't a rivalry because we're quite friendly out there. <laughs> uh, but no, here's, you, went to, you went to high school in, in Houston for a couple of years, didn't you? Yeah, in Sugarland. Yeah, Sugarland, Texas, which is just outside Houston. We were there for two years. And our sporting teams weren't good enough to have rivals. So oh, really? They That's just sad. Got, they, weren't, they weren't great, great teams, so uh, they got pumped pretty hard most of the time. Um, but did people still go to the oh, high yeah. school football yeah, it was still, games, it was like several thousand? Yeah, it was still a big deal. I think the stadium that was in Sugarland was about 6,000 people, and it would be at least you know half to three-quarters full, um, even against a, a lesser team. So it was, it was a big deal, um, you know, the Friday night lights, and it really is... Um, that important to people. Uh, they just built a stadium in, in Katy, Texas, just down the road that is, uh, I believe it's like 10,000 seats, and they spent, I don't know how many tens of millions of dollars on it, and they'll, they'll sell it out every night. That's um, where Bo Levi's from. Yeah, it, it's incredible. And Katy's about 15 minutes from Sugarland, so they were the big program in the area. So when you're seeing all these communities uh, hit by the hurricane, are you like, oh, geez, I was there, or I know where that is? Yeah, absolutely. And I was actually in Houston last summer to watch uh, the Jays series, so we spent a full week down there. Uh, we were in Galveston. Um, we were right in downtown Houston where um, a, a lot of the bayous are flowing over. So it's it's crazy stuff to see it on TV and, and you know, realize that y- you lived there for a bit and you were just there a year ago. Okay, so the high school football is big. What What's the pecking order sports at least from your couple of years experience there like basketball next or how does it go yeah I, I mean it was close between basketball and baseball um, those would be the top three for sure okay. um, yeah I mean it's not even not even close uh, and volleyball is not as big in the states volleyball is, is not Canada? a big sport in the states no not not at all like um, basically not on the radar unless you're playing club um, in in you know a, a large part of the country um and to be quite honest, I don't know if there's anywhere where volleyball is bigger than in, than in Western Canada, North America. I mean, it's massive here per capita in terms of the right. people who play and the sort of popularity of the game. The U of A doesn't do that Can-Am challenge anymore, do they? No. They, but when they did, the Bears would traditionally beat, I'm not saying every single time, but you know, Pepperdine, UCLA, USC, the Bears would, I'm sure they would have a winning record historically against those schools. The Bears would be just as good, if not better, than the NCAA national champion every year. Yeah. Absolutely. I mean, the top U sports teams are are right there with the top NCAA programs. It's it's not a maybe. It's a for sure. They're yeah. right there with them. Um, and a lot of times they're better. I mean, the best volleyball conference in North America collegiately is Canada West. Right. Uh, Evan Dom joining us uh, in studio. We're talking about rivalries, getting some fun texts about people, uh, memories of their, their high school rival- rivalries. Uh, a rivalry you have always enjoyed... Now, neither you or I are high-level athletes, believe it or not. You've always enjoyed as, as a spectator, whether it's something from, from the West or from Edmonton or, you know, more international. 
Bears hockey, Saskatchewan hockey. Oh, that, that you know what? Incredible. I'm glad you brought that up. It is incredible. I mean, it, whether it's you're pure in, hatred. It, if you're in Saskatoon or if you're in Edmonton to watch a game, the rink is going to be full. Now it's a bigger venue, obviously, Claire Drake than Rutherford in Saskatoon. For for people who have been there, they and you know less what I'm asbestos, less asbestos, fewer rust delays from the uh, beams across the ice, those type of things. But it's incredible how they cycle guys in and out, but the disdain for each other. And just the intensity of the games never, never diminishes. Like over the course of my entire life, it's it's been there, and it was certainly there before. And last year it was there in the Canada West final, and it'll be there 30 years from now when they, when they're playing. And you know, guys can't remember the last time uh, y- you know the, the Saskatchewan won a national championship, or when Alberta went into Saskatoon and won a national championship. Those type of things. It just endures. Um, Across generations, it's awesome. Yeah, that is a fun one uh, to watch. Uh, Evan, you were uh, at Brickfield at Commonwealth Stadium Friday night. Uh, look, for, for people who don't know, I'm sure you can tell, Evan and I uh, are good are good friends. We golf together several times uh, in the summer. Uh, last week, we're, Evan and I are playing, and you looked at me and said, the Riders are going to win Friday. And I said, well, they might, but I said, you know, the Eskimos are pretty good. And you were like, yeah, but the Riders are going to win Friday. And I was like, yeah, but if it comes down to quarterback play, Riley's better than Glenn, and you're like, yeah, well, the Riders are going to win. And like, you weren't being, uh, like, you weren't being an overconfident fan. Like, if you thought the Riders were going to lose eighty nothing, you would have said it. You're not one of those, but you honestly, I don't know, woman's intuition. Uh, <laughs> I got a hot uh, tip. A, got, got a hot tip. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Chris From Jones fired, Chris Jones fired me a quick text and said we got this one y'all <laughs> yeah. I know but like going into that game the riders looked like an entirely different team uh, against BC um to start the season I thought they they looked average to poor sure. to be quite honest they were in games and they probably should have beat Winnipeg and they should have beat Montreal but they were they were an average team but the way that they've been playing defensively the last several weeks has been the really impressive thing and and the other one is some of their big guys offensively who were ghosts early in the season have stepped up um, to an to another level I mean I think of a guy like Deron Carter who has decided to to turn it on and now basically when he gets the ball he's going to do what he wants with it and that wasn't happening earlier in the season but now there's some belief there and you know they have a pretty they have a pretty good roster I still think that the the glaring weakness is at the most important position which is quarterback which is going to hurt him down the stretch um, and I heard heard you talking about this as I was coming in tonight but it, it's a situation where you know that defensively they're in a much better place than they were three, four weeks ago and certainly compared to last year and that's Chris Jones's bread and butter and yep. if he gets a quarterback who's going to manage the game quote unquote they're going to be in every single contest and if they win the turnover battle they're going to be a hard team to, to beat down the stretch and, that, and that's the thing and Glenn now granted one of them was when the game was already decided yeah. he had a couple of interceptions dropped where you're kind of like he, he's and now Riley had Maybe that's going to be the worst game of Riley's career when he hangs it up. It was, five, it was five, ugly. Eight, ten years from now, yeah. he just he just had his rare game where he looked a little uh, uh, a little. Rough. Saskatchewan's problem too, and this is what I said earlier. Okay, great. You know they've they've got up to four and four. They've won two games in a row by a blow, but they have to. They're they're still in last place in the division, and there's only one crossover spot, not yeah, two, right? They're only a game back of BC, correct? With the game yes. in hand, yeah, fair enough. So they're in a situation, and they have the tiebreaker with with the Lions. So they're two points out of a playoff spot with uh, with a game in hand. So they're in. A, I think they're in a, in a well, fine position. This will be a good test both for them and the Bombers. 
Absolutely. Right? It's, and this is going to be a big test for Winnipeg because it's on the road. It's going to be in a hostile environment. The riders play better at home. And Saskatchewan's on the upswing. And it could be a situation... I mean, it... it I think they'll probably end up splitting. I think Saskatchewan wins this weekend and Winnipeg wins the rematch back uh, in the Banjo Bowl. But Saskatchewan cannot... Neither one of these teams can afford right now to lose both these games. I think it would be not a death blow, but it would be a significant setback, more so to Saskatchewan, obviously, than Winnipeg. But I think think we'll see a split here and the race will be on. All right. Uh, The Eskimos, uh, I mean, they're not going to... It's highly unlikely they're going to play worse. Uh, I think they'll win one or two. You really do, eh? Yeah, yeah. I do. I think they'll. I think that if they're going to win a game, I actually think it's going to be the Labor Day one. I, I think you know, given the way they played last weekend against Saskatchewan, I think we'll find they'll be a little bit more focused, a little sharper. Um, might catch Calgary off guard might a little bit. Might get Bowman back. Might know. get Bowman back, and there's some guys that they they need to get back in the fold to help them out. But if they're going to win a game, I think it'll be in Calgary on Labor Day, which obviously is a very difficult thing to do. Um, but it's a situation where I, I genuinely believe that they'll split the series. All right. Well, Evan uh, called riders uh, over Eskimos on Friday. So there's there's an, uh, I think that's the first official prediction we've had on Inside Sports for Labor Day. Evan, can you stick around? Because I want to tee up what's going on this yeah, weekend for Canada it. West as well. It's seven seventeen. This is Mark Letestu from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chet. This is uh, Guns N' Roses. That's the solo from Night Train from their uh, classic album, Appetite for Destruction. I'm going to Guns N' Roses tomorrow. I think I'm going to miss the first part of the show because I'm not going to go till after 8. But uh, I've, I've never seen GNR live. I thought you meant you are going to miss the first part of your show. Well, they're not playing that early. It'd be great <laughs> if they did like a 3 p.m. concert. Axel has to get to bed. That <laughs> would be good. Uh, all right, that's Evan Dom from Canada West Conference. My name is Reed Wilkins. It's Inside Sports. This portion of the show brought to you by Action Furnace, home of the fixed right or its free guarantee. Visit actionfurnace.ca. What was the last concert you went to? Oh, my goodness. I have to think about it. Might, you know, this is going to be bad because this is Inside Sports and, and maybe we should be down the hall at Kissing. but I think it was the last time Shania was in town. I haven't been to a concert in a while. When was that? That was, was it last year, two years ago. She was here that recently? Yeah, it was her that. farewell tour. Now she's back next Now uh, she put out a new record, year. didn't she? Yeah, a she's new playing record. the breakup. Halftime show, man. It's what was she doing? I just saw her last night doing something. Uh, she was at a walk of fame. Oh, U.S. Open. Did she play at the U.S. Open? Did she play the, the tennis opening she, ceremonies she, she or shindig or something? She's a she's a hot country star. John McEnroe came out, smashed a few rackets, and then Shania played two <laughs> That's songs. That's a great show. That's exactly what you're looking for on a Monday night. Like, John McEnroe, so if, if people, I mean, people my age will remember the highlights. Like, you used to watch tennis highlights, you know, early 80s. And they wouldn't show any good shots. It'd be 30 seconds of McEnroe yelling at an ump and then the scoreboard, and McEnroe advanced to the semifinals. That sounds pretty good. Yeah. That's entertaining stuff. He's, uh, he's a character. Yeah, he, he's made some uh, interesting comments as, a, as of late. Yes, he has. <laughs> That's right. You know, I didn't think those Williams ones were that inflammatory. I mean, he was asked, he was specifically asked, would she beat men? And he said, no. Should be 200th, right? Is that what he said? I think he exaggerated perhaps, yeah. or 700. He might have said 700th. I think he exaggerated for effect where she would rank, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, hey, he's paid, to have an, he's paid to have an opinion. He's paid to have an opinion. And he's always Absolutely. had one, usually about umpires. 
Remember the one clip where he actually calls the umpire a jerk? <laughs> he was like, what are you looking at, jerk? <laughs> Like, you, He's a loose cannon, absolutely. Do he doesn't didn't win any sportsman uh, sportsmanship awards as a young boy, <laughs> or as an adult. Oh, yeah, ever. Uh, Evan Canada West, uh, a lot uh, ramping up. I mean, schools uh, schools starting. Kids are moving into dorms. You know, it's kind of like you know Animal House and all that's going on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we maybe, should, we maybe should not make that our like, tagline. Maybe, maybe not. It's like Animal House. Canada West. It's just like Animal House. <laughs> yeah. No, but seriously, uh, football's went Friday already. Yeah, Friday. You kick off all three. All three uh, games are on Friday night. So Saskatchewan's in Manitoba. Um, Regina hosts UBC, and then Calgary's up here taking on the Golden Bears down at Foot Field, 7 o'clock kickoff. Get down there. All right, who's the defending champ? Calgary won the Hardy Cup last year. And who won the Vanier? Last year, Laval won. They beat Calgary in Hamilton in the Vanier Cup. Now, hasn't it been Calgary and UBC dominating Canada West football for the last few years? Well, last two years, yeah. Coach? UBC won two years ago. Blake Nill went into Calgary and beat the Dinos, and last year in a rematch, uh, UBC fell to Calgary. Um, so it's been them the last two Hardy Cups. Uh, if they play again, it'll be the first time in conference history that uh, same two teams in three straight championship games. All right. Now, how, well, how's the how's the U of A looking? Because they've had a lot of a lot of tough seasons. I, I know with Chris Morris, uh, I think they had a kind of a bump up a couple of years ago where it looked like they were maybe maybe threatening, and then uh, they kind of went back down a little bit. I know they had that seven overtime game. Uh, was it seven or eight overtimes? Yeah, seven against Manitoba. Against last Manitoba, year. Yeah. and maybe if they would have won that one, could they could have changed their their fortunes. Are they? Uh, no, they got El Nicky back, right? Because yeah, the Nicky's Red Blacks released Ottawa. him at yeah. the last minute. Tyler Henry's back at, at receiver. Um, Andre Webster is another offensive guy that they use, a, a special teams guy as well, return man. Uh, Brad Baker is their new starting quarterback. He, he tore his ACL last year and missed all of last season. He tore that uh, in July, I believe. So he was probably going to be the guy, and they were looking forward to having him involved and, and having him under center, and I think probably would have helped him at that position. So now we'll see how much he can do a year removed from um, you know, being the guy in waiting. Um, so he'll get the start Friday night, I would assume. And... Uh, you know, I mean, it, it, it's tough, Reed, because Calgary is really good. Yeah. UBC is really good. Regina actually won the regular season last year at 6-2, and two, so they have going to have a very solid team. I mean, the, the two sort of question mark teams, I would say, would be um, Saskatchewan to an extent and Manitoba. Now, how good those teams end up being is going to be a direct it's going to directly impact how the bears are in terms of their potential to make the playoffs but it's going to be those three teams for that last spot all right well it's always fun i mean it's a short season so you know highly competitive no one really pulls away in the standings unless you get the rare year where a team goes eight no what about uh the hockey i know we're still over i guess a month away from the regular season but i mean the golden bears hockey program huge here uh in- incredibly successful and they've they've had a pretty good recruiting summer didn't they yeah they had a very good recruiting summer uh, zach sachenko who uh, was a netminder in, in moostra the last several years back-to-back uh what eastern conference all-star actually in the western league you know he has a combined save percentage of 917 over the last two seasons uh, a guy who played on the canadian uh, ivan halinka team uh, he played in the u17 challenge he left Moose Jaw as a 19-year-old. He has a year left of junior yeah. eligibility. And I was talking with Serge Lajoie actually today about him. And he's going to come in and, and he's going to challenge for the starting job with Brandon Burke. And, and Burke's a second-year guy. So they have two goaltenders who are easily starters basically anywhere else in the conference aside from Saskatchewan with Jordan Cook. Mm-hmm. they got two guys to choose from. So it's going to be fascinating to see how that battle plays out. But Sachenko 
could be a guy who comes here, plays four years, gets his degree, and goes and plays professionally in Europe for many years or, or in the American League. He's a, he's a very good goaltender. Yeah, he's outstanding. Evan, you're an outstanding guest. Reed, you're too kind. 7 a.m. tomorrow. I'll see you on the links, okay? <laughs> Sounds good. Thanks, It's going to be great. Evan Dom from Canada. What's the website again? CanadaWest.org or CanadaWest.tv if you want to watch the games. Awesome stuff. Thanks a lot for coming in, Evan. Blue Jays down 3 nothing to Boston in the bottom of the eighth. We're going to catch up with Adam Scorgi, the producer of that great hockey film, Ice Guardians. He's got some exciting stuff going on. He'll fill you in on that when we get back. Thanks for tuning in. This is Ryan Nugent Hopkins from your Edmonton Oilers. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, really appreciate you tuning in tonight. This is Inside Sports on 630. Chad, don't forget, additional tickets for all Oilers home games will be released next Thursday, September 7th at 10 in the morning. Go to the Oilers website. Uh, here's a note, everybody. They're not going to last long. <laughs> so you may want to uh, get on there right at 10. We have the Eskimos broadcast on Monday, 11.30 for the countdown to kick off. The uh, Labor Day Classic will start at 1. I was looking today. The Stampeders have won five in a row on Labor Day. They've won seven of the last eight. Edmonton does lead the all-time Labor Day series, 29-27, with one tie. The longest winning streak by either team is six in a row for Calgary, 93-98. to So they will be trying to match that on Monday. Hopefully, they don't. You can text 630-630, the phone number 780-496-0063. Pleased to be joined in studio by, uh, what do I call you again? I know you're the producer of Ice Guardians, but generally, Adam, we call you filmmaker? Producer, filmmaker. Producer, filmmaker. Adam Scorgi, proud Edmontonian. Uh, I'm sure many of you have seen uh, Ice Guardians, which is a great film. We're going to talk about something cool that Adam is doing in that and and future projects. But i got to ask you, Saturday, Mayweather, McGregor, uh, like, were you, first of all, the, the lead-up? Because a lot of people kind of, you know, Evan and I were joking earlier about guilty pleasures, like watching Big Brother. Was yeah. it almost a guilty <laughs> pleasure to spend 50 bucks or whatever? Oh, well, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and I actually got to hang out. Uh, I watched it with uh, Don Metz and Jelena Marjanovic, right? The yeah. time world champ from here in Edmonton as well. So it was a nice perspective. As me as a big MMA fan, I even boxed when I was younger. I was, uh, you know, Golden Gloves and Western Canadian champ, amateur when I was 15. So I, I think I had an interesting perspective on it. But I loved the whole buildup, right? <laughs> the buildup to the fight was like it was a 10-8 round for McGregor. He slaughtered Mayweather. Mayweather's never had anyone that was that good. Usually Mayweather slaughters everybody else sure. in that department, but McGregor sold it. But, I, I mean... I thoroughly enjoyed the fight. I thought it's been a lot better than a lot of the other boxing fights I've tuned into, sad to say. I really uh, think boxing's fallen off. There are some great fighters out there like Triple G and Canelo and stuff like that, but I just I haven't wanted to see a boxing fight so bad um, since the Pacquiao fight, which was a huge disappointment. And this one was just, I found it was way better. And I thought McGregor did one hell of a job. Mm-hmm. Now, you'll get... Of course, you'll get the Mayweather fans be like, he led him on to win those first three rounds and this, that. Absolutely. McGregor is, I mean, Mayweather is the greatest of all time. And I don't like Mayweather, but he is. You can't argue that. you got to separate the man from the athlete. He's clearly out of the ring. People 
He yeah. is, but he's the greatest of all time. He is a tactician at breaking down people and making them miss. But the thing that impressed me with McGregor is that McGregor made him miss and miss often in the first three to four rounds and landed some very clean shots that I've heard even Mayweather was like, man, I was not expecting right. him to be that good at boxing. Like he did really well for going in a sport that is not his sport against the greatest of all time in our generation. I like to flip the switch where if you took Mayweather or just about, you know, most boxers and put them in that scenario in the MMA world, I think it'd be very similar to the James Tony Randy Couture fight where James Tony, who's also a Hall of Fame boxer, a fantastic mm-hmm. fighter, he used to love watching his fights, didn't land one punch and was submitted in less than a minute. Right. So, and people say, well, James Tony was out of shape. I'm like, Randy Couture is 42 years old too. So it wasn't <laughs> like he was in his prime either. <laughs> but that's where I thought McGregor, like that is brave to go into a world that is pretty damn foreign for you and mm-hmm. fight the greatest of all time and take it like, and you know, he wanted, I think the stoppage was just, Mayweather was teeing off on him, but you know, McGregor coming from the MMA world it's like I wanted him to at least knock me down like right. let, let him put me to a knee right and I was like man like that's a warrior right say what you want I highly enjoyed it I thought both guys came out with a win at the end of the day I thought it was great for both sports and combat sports in general and at the end of the day, I enjoyed it I would have paid a hundred bucks all over again to watch it you know and, and the boxing discussion is an interesting one too about um, you know the the hype for the fight and and the the way they're yapping in in public and stuff. I, I mean, but that's just who started that. Cassius Clay slash Muhammad Ali, yes, uh, who is obviously rightly so, I think, fondly remembered and respected. And you know, we lost him a couple years ago. But I mean, if you were uh, a fan of boxing at at that time, you probably either completely loved him or completely hated him because he was running his mouth and taunting, and that's that's where it all comes. <laughs> that's from, where right? all. Even again, I'll say like I'm not a Mayweather fan, but I really respect him, and he knows that like almost everywhere he went, he got booed. But he's like, whether they tune in to watch me lose or to watch me win, I still get their money. So it doesn't. And I've been that guy that's tuned in half a dozen times to hopefully see someone dethrone him, and they don't because he's a wizard at what he does and you have to respect that part of it I don't respect a lot of his personal stuff in his life but I I definitely respect him as a businessman and as an athlete you know uh, that was uh, that was fun obviously you know, we're, we're, we're already teeing up the Labor Day Classic because that's going to be uh, fun I mean 7-1-1 one, one against 7-2 and two, Edmonton Calgary rivalry. I mean, we've known each other a couple of years now. I actually didn't know you were a high-caliber boxer as a younger man. Uh, we're talking about rivals. Did you did you have a rival? And boxing is interested, right? Because it'd be that uh, one-on-one guy. Well, it's funny because I had, uh, I would say I only had one, and it was a, a guy named Bruce Harrington, and I, I fought him for the uh, BC Provincials, and we were both very similar fighters. We went toe-to-toe, straight punches. He broke my nose. I broke his nose in the first round. They had to stop it five or six times in the first round just to clean the blood. Sorry, and you were both teens? Both teens. I was 14 years old. (laughs) That's great. Well, when the doctor came, he shut it down immediately. He was like, this kid is bleeding way too much. Fight is over. But the two of us were warriors, and it was just like we were Pez dispensers hitting each other with straight straight crosses and back and forth and back and forth. And then I fought him for Diamond Belt, but my coaches were like, Adam, we understand you have power and a chin. That's great. But everybody has a a punch count. So we need to start to teach you defense. (laughs) 
<laughs> so then the next time I fought him, uh, it was a total. I stopped him in the second round again. His nose had started. Ever since our first fight, his nose had never healed properly for the bleeding. It would just, okay. it was like someone slit his throat. It would just, it would, it was like a Kill Bill movie. It would just oh floss it out. It was disgusting. <laughs> so I had really worked on my jab and my defense and didn't rush in and barrel. And he trained for me to come in barreling like I did the first fight. And he, so I would only call, I only had seven or six fights. I was uh, six and one, five knockouts. I had the fastest knockout in the province until my sparring partner got knocked out even faster. Uh, so I didn't box for a long time. So that would be my only rival in boxing. Now, did you ever get to know Bruce after that? No, I But you still to remember him. the name, though. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Of course. Like, I was terrified. Because, you know, everyone looks bigger. And I did talk to him outside of one tournament one time. We just kind of saw each other and we chatted. And he said that he was going to have to probably quit because his nose was just never... The, it just he, he had to cauterize a few times and still just bled like crazy. So, But he was a warrior. He didn't want to stop. Just the doctors... Like, it looked like a horror movie. People come in and be like, that is disgusting. This needs to stop. Uh, <laughs> filmmaker Adam Scorgi joining on Inside Sports. We're going to let people know the exciting thing about Ice Guardians, but we'll finish the rivalry theme. Um, captivating rivalry that you enjoy watching. I mean, we're blessed here because we have a couple obvious football. I mean, Evan, Evan was in last hour too, and he brought up Golden Bears, Saskatchewan Huskies hockey. That's another beauty, but what uh, what's on your mind there? Uh, well, I mean, obviously, Battle of Alberta, but I... I I, I think it's it picked up obviously last year with the toughness that was brought to the team but I mean if you watch the old heydays of the the Samanco Tim Hunter days I mean I, again I'm 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 showing my my true colors here is I'm I'm a fan of the enforcer and the roughness in hockey which is why I did Ice Guardians wanted to do their story justice but I mean we're actually looking at for this event uh, getting a custom uh, Samanco poster where it's the famous iconic photo of him and Tim Hunter shoulder to shoulder eyeing each other up before they're about to drop the gloves um, so I, I love that rivalry as a kid and I still get excited today and I, I I like it when it's a bit more amped up instead of just that you know some days they'll be like the Battle of Alberta and I'll be like, really? With 20 hits for the entire game? Like, I don't know what battle that was, but it was something of Alberta. Uh, yeah, well, it's a little more, uh, I don't know if controlled is the, is the right word, but uh, anyway. Uh, all right, so look, Ice Guardians, and again, again I, I mean, I've, I've watched, first, let people know how they can watch it again. I always ask you this. So yeah, Ice Guardians in Canada right now, it's exclusively on Super Channel until October, the first week of October. Then it will be available on iTunes, well, Google perfect. Play, all those different things, but only for purchase, not for rental. And then, uh, yeah, so that's where everybody can watch it here. Okay, Come October. Just a quick recap, if people don't know, and Adam, you've been on before talking about it, and it is an excellent viewing. Um, Ice Guardians is basically about the role of the enforcer in hockey. You have dozens of, of interviews with people who have played that role or appreciated that role. Uh, it's a very honest film because you do have... You know, some people yeah. who maybe take another side or talk about the risks. It's not just glorifying uh, fighting, but it's a very personal look at at why some people have to play that role and the effect on, on team building, I guess. It, it's really a look at the history and evolution of the role, right? Of why why did this even, you know, start in the beginning with hockey? And it became because of the speed on a foreign ice surface and you're enclosed in an arena that's essentially like a gladiatorial arena that it just brings out, we have a human behavior specialist just talk about how that brings out the sense of danger just in your, your human instincts and the need to protect yourself becomes even more heightened. Mm-hmm. So uh, the role of the 
Enforcer was sparked. Arguably, the historians say Stan Jonathan, uh, or John Ferguson, sorry, was the very first guy, and then kind of from there, the arms race began. Right. And then we talk about that in the film, and also how then the rule changes evolved, and how the players had to evolve around those rule changes, and and you know you really get to see how this how this started from the beginning, who these guys are in individuals, and most importantly what these guys meant to their team and organization, which brings us, you know, to the event coming that we're doing a, a remembrance screening for Dave Semenko, because I think in his tragic passing this summer, you really saw with his, you know, memorial service done at OEG, how this guy meant so much more to a team in a city than just a pugilist that, you know, a lot of people just saw him for. And that was the biggest discovery for myself and director Brett Harvey and my team is that you really saw how much, the team cared about these guys and how when you ask the superstars, because we interview superstars like Brett Hall and mm -hmm. Rick Talk and guys like that too, and they say, you know, they, they, Brett Hall says directly in the film, and he's been quoted on this several times after, that he would not have been the prolific player he was without guys like Kelly Chase and Tony Twist looking after him. Mm -hmm. So when you have somebody like I say that, you have to just listen to what some of the greatest players of all time are talking about. So it's September 12th. Uh, give people the, uh, the, 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 the exact time, uh, where, and just uh, how this is going to help some people out. Sure. So it's uh, as September 12th at the Rec Room in South Common, the new facility there. They have a theater kind mm -hmm. of on the offside there. And uh, it's been awesome to reach out. We have Brian McGratton, uh, Milan Lucci, and Zach Cassian doing a Q&A and Oilers TV host Tom Gazzola is going to be kind of moderating the thing. Um, it's all the proceeds from the event are going to... Um uh, charity of the Semenko family's choice. I believe it's going to be the Edmonton Inner City Kids Program. That's what we just we reached out to them today. Uh, that's who they'd like to give it to. And there's going to be several other you know current players from the Oilers and the OEG alumni and and players alumni. It's going to be a really special event and really the best way. It's probably going to be one of the last screenings to see it. So mm -hmm. for me, I think it's the best way to see the film with. You know, Brian McGratton, who's heavily featured in the film, and then, you know, kind of the Oilers' new age and kind of the evolution of the Enforcer and Zach Cassian and Milan Lucic, you know, talking about their role and how they had to take on that role in order to be successful in the game. Um, very special night. I'm honored to be able to do it for the Semenko family and, you know, just my way of giving back to Dave because... Dave and all the players that we interviewed never asked for anything in the film other than to have their story told correctly. Yeah, which you did, which you did for sure. I mean, when you when you talked to Dave, whether it was in an interview situation or, or just casually, what struck you the most about him? Well, you keep hearing about the sense of wit and humor he has, but he, he has these stone-cold eyes, right? Like, there's a moment in, it, <laughs> in the film where he talks about it. He's like, well, a lot of time you just ask a guy, are you going to play like this all night or... And he stared at me during the interview, <laughs> and I was like, "Man, I don't even play. Like, I'm just yeah, interviewing you, you man. Like, there, yeah. <laughs> like, I was, you know, he was just. I was so because so I'm looking to do some other projects here in hockey, and I was really looking forward to interviewing Dave again because he really. When you're, when you're filming, there's some guys that can tell you a lot of great things but also don't have that charisma. Dave right. had it both. So he's very prominent in the film. He's excellent in all his segments in the film. And really to see him on the big screen with his you know son and daughter there and 
you know, members of the Oilers and the alumni. I think it's, uh, I really think it's a once in a lifetime opportunity. And so, tickets are only 25 bucks. And where can people get them? Uh, tickets will, you can either go to the rec room events. So or you if just you, go there and get them now? Yeah, okay. get them there. Uh, it's about 50% sold already, so do okay. not sleep on this. Or you can go just to Facebook, and if you go Ice Guardians Dave Semenko Remembrance uh, uh, screening, you will find it. And we'll also be doing, um, the Oilers Nation guys will have a Dave Semenko shirt that they'll be selling for charity. And we're also getting uh, 10 custom Dave Semenko Ice Guardians posters signed by all the players and alumni that are in attendance that night that we'll be raffling off and then donating to the charity as well. Well, that's incredible. It's, it's all September 12th. Adam, good for you for, for doing that. And uh, again, if people you know, want to have a great viewing of the, the film on, on, on the big screen, I know you mentioned it's on Super Channel. It's going to be on iTunes, but this is, this is really cool helping out as well. Uh, can you stick around for a few minutes? Because I want to ask you about some other stuff. Yeah, yeah, Stay absolutely. till 8 o'clock. 748, yeah. Adam Scorgi is uh, in studio, Inside Sports on Chet. This is Cam Talbot from your Edmonton Oilers, and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. Uh, the Red Sox just finished off the Blue Jays 3-0 the final there. This is Inside Sports on 630 Chad. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Got some uh, text here to 630-630. We were talking about uh, rivalries. Boy, some people are talking about uh, midget hockey rivalries they had. Boy, it's, it's nice of people to share. Uh, I really like uh, I really like this one, though, from Brother Rob, who says, Best high school rivalry, me versus my algebra teacher for homework assignments. I had a losing record. That's from Brother <laughs> Rob. That's a good one, Adam. Okay, now here's, here, here's Keith. Who's, we, we started off talking about boxing yep. this half hour. Adam Scorgi's in studio, the uh, producer of the film Ice Guardians. They're having a special screening on September 12th to remember Dave Semenko. Uh, Keith says, holy crap, enough with the greatest of all time garbage. Sugar Ray Robinson, for a whole bunch of reasons, was the greatest. I, I, I say a fantastic fighter. I'm not arguing that. I'm just saying for our generation, he's the GOAT, right? And you're coming from some. I am not a Mayweather fan. Like, I yeah. don't like him at all. I only tuned in to hopefully see him lose. So, I'm, I mean, and there's a lot. Like, for me, my personal favorite, like, I loved watching Roy Jones in his prime. I yeah. loved watching Oscar De La Hoya. You know, and that can be one of the, There's always the debates of whoever it is that Oscar De La Hoya fought everybody in their prime when they were there, right? Whereas Mayweather kind of picked and waited past their prime sure. and this and that. You could argue that. But for a guy that would take the least amount of damage in the ring, there is nobody better at his weight than Floyd Mayweather. He just didn't get hit. And like boxing's he, interesting. It obviously, the generational stuff is... Uh, I mean, was Howie Morenz the greatest hockey player of all time? I don't know. No one. There's no video. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. You know, like, um, and boxing obviously has the whole weight class thing. So then you're looking at technique, and like you said, how often does he get hit? Yeah. How powerful are his punches for a guy his size? Right? Yes. And, and I'm saying, especially for our generation, right? Robinson. Another legend, absolutely fantastic. Great defensive fighter, too. Um, I didn't get to watch much of him because I didn't grow up with him. I just know his name. Which movie was it where the video game has uh, Rocky Balboa beating the guy so they fight an exhibition? I think that was Rocky Balboa. 
Yeah, Rocky Balboa, like Creed. Rocky Ten or whatever. Are you a fan right? of Creed, by the way? Did you think that I like was well Creed. done? I thought, I thought Creed I thought was really was. good. It, it's funny because I thought there's been a, a couple good boxing movies lately, but they just don't seem to have the pull that Rocky did when we were younger, right? Like, I think every man from my generation stood in front of the TV and threw punches and pretended you're the man when the music and everything for Rocky. I really thought, I, I really enjoyed Creed. I thought it was a good movie. I, I did think it was well done. And you and I have talked, you and I have talked about this before, and you know, it often comes up on this show when we're having fun. Greatest sports movie of all time certainly in this country slapshot is popular but i often say uh raging bull great movie and and it's but it's not the feel good it's certainly not a comedy and it's certainly not like it's you know it's a kind of a grim it's gritty in, story, right? It's interesting anytime you don't make it picture perfect at the end, how that I mean, we're having that now and I'm not using this as a plug, but my, my most recent film that released Chasing Evil, The Life of Robbie Knievel right, fantastic film, some of some of my team's best work but because it shows the dark side of Evil Knievel and the dark side of Robbie who chased his father's legacy some people are like really tough for them, they're like, that's not what I wanted to see I just wanted to see them kicking ass and jumping and stuff like that, so they struggle with that but right, but you're making a you're making a story. You're like you're telling a story about a, a sports aspect. You're not just telling you know when you're doing doing a documentary. I still gotta watch that by the way. Yeah, I still gotta watch that. Well, one. I'll send you a link for that one too. <laughs> All right, uh, we're, we're only got a minute left, Adam. Thanks again for coming in. So again, um, Ice Guardians, Dave Semenko Remembrance Screening is September 12th at the Rec Room. You can go to the Rec Room for tickets, or go on Facebook and just type in uh, Dave Semenko Remembrance Screening Ice Guardians. Uh, can, uh, you got? You, can, we, can we talk about the Danny Trejo thing? I didn't. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So we're we're in production right now of Danny Trejo's biopic. Uh, for those that don't know his name off by art, that's AKA Machete and pretty much the big bad Chicano in every movie. Uh, but he has one of the most incredible redemption stories that uh, you could ever witness in Peru. And we're excited that we'll be releasing that next year in 2018. Adam, it's just outstanding to have you in studio. Uh, you're welcome anytime. Thanks for talking to us oh, tonight. Thank you so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Adam Scorgi, great guest here on Inside Sports. Also, thanks to Evan Dom for coming in. And uh, we had Julio Caravada and Mike Hogan with uh, some CFL chat. And Brock Sunderland kicked us off tonight. Eskimos general manager. You miss anything, go to the Inside Sports page on 630Ched.com. Dave Campbell's the producer. Kellen Kennedy, the studio producer. My name's Reed Wilkins. I'll talk to you again tomorrow at 6. 630Ched Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630Ched.